0: Nothing. Welcome to episode 30 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran and exasperated kingpin Brian Malonis. Hello.
1: Hello. Let's just get through this before my shitty Comcast Internet kicks out again. Oh boy. We talked Comcast about Comcast can suck it add, add them to the feud list.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I think we're at 11 or 12 now with the feuds. Yeah, I, th- th- the th- I think, I think there's a
1: lot of people there with me with the uh shitbags over at Comcast.
0: Oh my goodness. It's uh yeah, we were an hour later than we were supposed to start recording because you had some internet issues. So, yeah. Uh, so sure
1: sure to continue
0: <laughs> yes uh and other issues that you're having kingpin you mentioned your uh list of feuds i don't know what happened over in the uh tom lawler camp but he retweeted your link to your t-shirt on whatamaneuver.net i don't of course know he did. I, I, i'm saying wh- i don't know what happened but I know what happened. We all saw the video. You kissed his ass. You carried his bags. You probably washed his back in the shower at that Beyond Wrestling show. And uh, so he felt the obligation to give a little back.
1: No, it's somebody who saw through your bullshit and, uh, you know, you know, knows we're friends. And, uh, you know, no, not everybody falls for your baloney
0: uh filthy tom lawler of the ufc of course we're talking about and you said you were going to dress him down when you finally met him in person at uh, beyond wrestling and it didn't happen it did not happen
1: you basically
0: just uh, kissed his
1: feet uh well yeah in that doctored video you put out yeah Sure, it appears that way. To the to the untrained eye, Mike. <laughs> to the untrained eye.
0: <laughs> well, uh, if this is the first time you're hearing us this week, you are missing out. Join us every Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network on their own feed. Find both of our weekly podcasts by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe. And as for this podcast coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more yucky, yuck, yuck, will be immortalized in our heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And Brian, we had a tie earlier this week in our poll, and we had to do a, a re if you will. And it came down to the best SummerSlam main event and the worst wrestler to win a world championship. And in the end, the winning topic, the worst wrestler to win a world championship. And I almost thought I was going to have to do this solo because I did the best wrestler never to win a world championship solo a few weeks back. I thought it was, this is was like fate that I was going to have to do this alone. <laughs> but here you are, Kingpin. You made it. You got through the issues. We're here to talk about this topic and I know you had something you wanted to say right off the top correct?
1: Yeah so right off the bat let's just talk about David Arquette now get it out of the <laughs> way and then we can move on with our lives because clearly David Arquette is the, is the worst world champion of all time it's an open and shut case but if we did that it's not going to be a very interesting podcast because it's going to be about five minutes and uh, we'll be done with it it was trash he never should have had the world championship. There's plenty of other ways they could have promoted the damn movie and and not given an actor the world championship. But I don't know. What do you think, Mike?
0: I think that he was a great actor. He was great in Scream. He was great in a number of roles. Uh, a little less than great as a world champion, though
1: a little less than great a <laughs>
0: little, little less than great as world champion so we will leave him out of the running as Yeah let, let,
1: let, let's just preface it by saying he's number 1 this is this is the be- the best or the worst of the rest there's there's nothing that could top that but i just wanted to get it out of the way uh, on the forefront because i don't know i i i'm sick of talking about that title right <laughs>
0: And as we get into this here, Kingpin, when I sat down, uh, when I wrote the poll out, I didn't really think this through. Um, this isn't the worst championship reign from a world champion. It is the worst wrestler to hold a world championship, which is quite a different thing. And uh, it's a little more difficult, I think, than to just find you know champions who had bad title reigns. That's uh, there's a ton of them, but to find uh, particularly bad uh, wrestlers who yeah. were elevated to win a world championship, that's a little more of a touchy situation, don't you think?
1: For yeah, for example, like you're referring to, like like say Bob Backlund, right? Like uh, Bob Backlund was a great WWF champion in the late '70s, early '80s, but his second run was horrendous. But Bob Backlund kind of ineligible for this sort of thing because he really was a great wrestler. <laughs> right. Who, uh, yeah.
0: Right. So let's get into this, Kingpin. Worst wrestler to win a world title. Why don't you kick this off? Let's uh, set the tone here with the Kingpin, Brian Malonis.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start, I'll start down in Mike Mills territory here, oh. down in the south. And, uh, a guy who, um, uh, I still can't figure out when you look at the list of world champions how the hell this guy ever was a world heavyweight champion. Of course, I'm talking about rugged Ronnie Garvin.
0: (laughs) Well, he wasn't rugged when he's in the NWA kingpin. (laughs) He was hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin.
1: He'll always be rugged to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ronnie Garvin. Um, I'm not sure what to say about rugged Ronnie Garvin. He was never a top guy in the NWA in the, in the late eighties before he went to the WWF eventually. But I mean, he, he was chosen kind of, I guess they needed somebody at the time and they wanted somebody that could be credible enough to be Flair. And then it wouldn't be a big deal for him to lose the title to Flair because they wanted to have Flair win the championship back. Uh, at like the biggest show of the year at Starcade, I think it was. Um, a couple months later, so they thought Garvin would be that perfect guy who was credible enough to be world champion, and it would be okay to to beat him a couple months later and send him back to the mid card. But I mean, they were into Garvin when he was on his way up, when he was challenging Flair. But once he won the title, uh, he cooled off considerably and <laughs> they by the end of it when the uh rematch happened with flair the people were cheering for flair it was all about rick flair in that match and he won the title back like i said in a couple months and ronnie garvin was back to doing what he was doing but yeah ronnie garvin do you have anything to say about uh, the rugged one
1: well, uh, well, I mean, just that's I as I said before. I can't believe Ronnie Garvin was ever a world heavyweight champion. I I, I liked rugged Ronnie Garvin in the WWF, um, but I, I don't think I ever viewed him. Uh, nor do I think a lot of people ever viewed him as a guy who would be, you know, the top guy in the company, uh, especially beating somebody uh, the level of of, of Rick Flair. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Ronnie Garvin's a good one to kick off this list. That
0: is a good one. That is a good one. Let's go back up north, though. Same relative time frame, the late '80s. Um, this guy was a great attraction. Um, was still a great attraction at this point, but was almost immobile uh, by by this time frame. Um, and he won the world championship by nefarious means, and he. Lost the championship by even more uh, nefarious means by basically handing the title over. Andre the Giant. Oh. Worst wrestler to win a world championship. Andre, like I said, a great attraction, but he was uh, not moving well by this time. He was not the best in ring wrestler. He, like I said, he was an attraction. He was someone you went to see because he's this huge tall guy. You can't believe him to look at him. But, uh, not the best professional wrestler and the entire circumstances of him winning the title, of course, on the main event right before WrestleMania four, the twin referees, one of the best angles of all time, uh, one, the one count, the two count, the Hogan shoulder went up, but the referee ignores it and counts three anyway. So Andre wins the championship. And of course he immediately relinquishes it to his, uh, benefactor, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. So, a brief reign, almost—I uh, mean, it could almost be wiped from the record books. It was so brief because, and you know, the entire angle surrounding it. Uh, Andre the Giant was a world champion, but uh, it wasn't the championship reign you would think for a guy of his stature. But the entire situation, all wrapped up, to me, makes him a uh, a viable candidate for this uh, for this list.
1: Yeah, you almost forget. You almost forget Andre actually was the WWF champion at some point. Um, When you see it, you're like, "Oh yeah!" And you kind of think about the whole convoluted uh, situation. And he's actually the one recognized as having won the world championship, and DiBiase is not officially recognized as the WWF champion, although he, even though he did actually defend the title uh, on some house shows
0: Uh uh-huh so uh thank you for that clarification there Andre the giant yeah that's that's uh one of my picks not my number one pick but it's on the list what uh what else do you have brian as we lead up to our number one worst wrestler to win a world title
1: yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to the uh back to the 80s mike yes Uh, and a guy who was maybe the epitome of a transitional champion um Somebody who uh, I don't think ever quite returned to main event status after a very brief uh, championship run and a very, a very brief championship defense. And that's the Iron Sheik. Um, okay. Again, I mean, he was used as, as someone to get the belt from Bob Backlund to Hulk Hogan. Uh, there was never any intentions of keeping the Iron Sheik at the top of the card. Uh, shortly thereafter, he's in a tag team with, with Volkoff. Um, and never really did a, a ton of, of of note after the the Volkov stuff. He kind of faded away, I guess, until until you saw him as um, Colonel Mustafa uh, with <laughs> yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the Iron Sheik ranks up there uh, as as one of the worst world champions of all time.
0: Yeah, if not if nothing else, then just because yeah, he was a transitional champion, as you said, just. Uh, just a, a means to an end to get to Hulk Hogan, to be uh, the new champion, to usher in the new era, to usher in mania to usher in the new WWF. And yeah, I, I'll agree with you on the Iron Sheik. Uh, that's that's one that's deserving to be on this list. Another one deserving to be on this list, Kingpin. I'm sticking with the Giants. It's not going to be an all-Giant list, but I got a couple <laughs> of Giants on this list. I will say the Great Kali. One of the worst to hold a world championship. Um, It was a very brief reign. It was two months, I think. Um, Kali won the championship in a battle royal in 2007 because there was an injury to Edge and he relinquished the championship. So great Kali won a battle royal, had the championship for just a couple months and I mean, what can you say? The Great Khali, it's not good in the ring. He's impressive, <laughs> much like Andre the Giant. Impressive physically, he's a wonder to look at, but he's not a guy you go to if you want to see a good wrestling match. And he yeah, I
1: mean, I I think uh, much different than Andre, and before Andre' disease kind of really started to take over his body. Um. Andre, I mean, if you watch older stuff of Andre Andre could move, and andre could yeah. was was physically impressive like the like the way he moved Kali was always just very uh lumbering and i'm I'm not sure that the great Kali ever quite understood professional like how to put a professional wrestling match together that might be compelling,
0: yeah, and I don't think he ever did, <laughs> but uh it was a very brief footnote. But it counts. It is there. We did, we,
1: did, we did get, as an aside, we did get some great uh, stories for, about the Great Khali from our from our good friend Brian Black, who was Palmer Cannon for a brief run in, in WWE mm-hmm. and it was his riding buddy, and how uh, the Great Khali did enjoy Led Zeppelin. So
0: yes. there's that. And he, <laughs> and he did enjoy reading, apparently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a very good reader. But we'll we'll uh, say that much. But uh, yeah, the Great Khali... He's on the list. What do you get, What else do you got there, Kingpin?
1: All right, well, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over to WCW, Mike. Because uh, that's
0: where you like to. Uh, you get it where it hurts. <laughs> you always like to go down south when it comes to the uh, worst of stuff.
1: Yeah, but this is this is in the, in the latter days of, of World Championship Wrestling. All right. Uh, and and a guy who, uh, while I think he was a fine performer. Uh, not somebody that ever screamed main event or heavyweight champion to me. And that's Mike J E double F <laughs> J A double R E double T. That's double J. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. I, uh, I just, he's a guy who I just never bought as, as the top guy. Um, to me, he was, he was always the semi comedic, uh, you know, guy who came in with the funny outfit and lip sang with my baby tonight, and and uh, I never really saw him as more than that. I just didn't believe him as as the world champion, even even in the dying days of WCW.
0: Well, someone that did Kingpin is Vince Russo, bro, bro, bro. And bro. I I looked this up too. He was on my list. He had. I'm not even sure this is correct. He says he had four championship runs in I, the dying days of WCW.
1: <laughs> I buy it. They were switching around the title so damn much at that point.
0: Yeah. He won it for eight days in a tournament. Then he won it for another eight days. Uh, and then his last two reigns were nearly as quick it, it's, it's it's just amazing that oh, this the guy Jeff prop. Jarrett. <laughs> it, it it certainly is. Like it and they they made sure of it with this the way this thing went around like a hot potato in the uh, end of WCW. But Jeff Jarrett, yeah, never. I mean, if if we say worst wrestler, not the worst wrestler in the world, but when it comes to um, talent level, when it comes to level of charisma when it comes to it factor and matching it up with a world championship uh, it doesn't compute I, I, no, I think he
1: you. was a, I think he was a hell of a intercontinental champion
0: yes yes I will agree <laughs> with you there uh, yeah Jeff Jarrett no but someone that I just mentioned was also a world champion I don't know if you want to negate this one as you did David Arquette but Jeff Jarrett's buddy bro Vince Russo was a world champion. He sure was. He won the championship because Goldberg speared him through a cage. And, of course, that means he hit the ground first before Booker T. And he won the championship from Booker T. So Vince Russo won the WCW World Championship. uh, And he gave it up on the next week's Nitro I mean, I guess, thankfully, but...
1: So he he retired as undefeated world champion, (laughs) is what you're saying? (laughs) Basically, yes.
0: (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Vince Russo is a former world champion, of course, not a wrestler, uh, not a great... I mean, I guess it's debatable, but not a great uh, writer and booker overall if you take the grand scheme of his career. And definitely, uh, when it comes to a performer in ring... Uh, a performer well, yeah promos.
1: when you look at what he did oh, outside of uh, being under the tutelage of vince mcmahon uh less than impressive record
0: yes um all right we're getting down to the uh end of the line here we're getting towards our we're tumbling mercifully towards our worst wrestler ever to win a world championship what else you got though before we get there kingpin
1: um I, I mean just a quick one i think i I have Jack Swagger on my list of um again a guy who I just don't view as the level of a of a heavyweight champion as it was the world's champion i think um i I enjoyed Jack Swagger uh at the kind of the height of the We the People stuff, but um a guy who I never viewed as the, the guy who should have been a world champion uh, again, not the worst wrestler certainly not the worst wrestler but when you talk about somebody on the level of of what you view the the top guy to be i i i just don't i just don't view jack swagger as that
0: yeah there was a time period with um you know the brand split where the title that was on smackdown the world heavyweight championship was essentially a secondary title it was so far below the wwe championship on raw it was crazy i mean you had Dolph Ziggler as the world champion. You had Jack Swagger. You had Daniel Bryan, who at the time had no business being a world champion. They just with you know, uh, just looking at his push, no business being the world champion at that time. But he was because you know it's SmackDown. Who cares? <laughs> it's SmackDown. That's and that's basically been the mantra. I mean, even now it's a, it's a live show. It's on Tuesdays. It's still the B show. It's a hundred percent still the B show. Just look at the, you know, the world champion over there now, um, Jinder Mahal. It's just uh, maybe
1: it's, maybe not for long,
0: Mike. <laughs> here's
1: hoping. Here's
0: hoping your your <laughs> lips, Kingpin. Your lips to God's ears. But uh, yeah, there there's a time period where anyone who held that world championship was just it was a secondary title, and they put uh, they did a lot of experimenting over there on SmackDown, which is I guess is a good thing, but. You get some guys that uh, you don't see quite at that level, w- achieving that level of success. Um, all right, Kingpin. We're just about there. Let me do one more though before I get to my number one. I will say the total package, Lex Luger. Wow. He, yeah, he um, <laughs> he can be led to a good match, but to me, he. I mean, of course, Million Dollar Body. He won the world champ- championship for the first time in WCW, uh, basically because Rick Flair jumped to the WWF and took the world title with him. So they made a new world championship, and they rushed Luger into a heel turn. They put him with Harley Race and Mr. Hughes is his bodyguard. They, you know, they put all these uh, tools around him to help him out, and they gave Lex Luger the world championship. And I mean, they there was moderate success. He held the title for quite a bit amount of time, but there was no excitement because he was the one, he was a champion. He was the one leading a lot of these matches and he, that's just not his role. And it just wasn't, it wasn't a good spot for him. Uh, he was rushed in there, as I said, with, with um, Flair leaving. Uh, and then he won the championship again in 97, but it was, he 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 beat the, he beat Hogan for the championship, I believe, on Nitro, and then lost it five days later. It's just a guy who, while he's a million dollar body, he's not a he's not the complete package. He's not the total package, as his name <laughs> suggests, and you know, evident by when he went to WWF, they strapped the rocket to him. They wanted to give him the world title, but at the end of the day, they decided he's just not the right guy. Uh, WCW. Didn't have as many options, so they went with him. But yeah, in the end, I think it was uh, a failure as a world champion Lex Luger, and uh, that's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, name name one classic Lex Luger match.
0: Uh, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's with Ric Flair. <laughs> that's
1: <about it>. um, <laughs> but I mean, you can't even you can't even. Name one. There's not like a specific one right. that you can point to and say this match at this event was you know, classic. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, there isn't. Uh, okay, Kingpin. Here we go. It's that time. Your number one pick. The worst wrestler to win a world championship is...
1: Alright, Mike. Well, he's the king of pro wrestling, Mike. Vincent <laughs> Kennedy, McMahon.
0: Oh, I was wondering if we were going to get to him.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I th- I would say that Vince McMahon is the worst, <laughs> the worst world champion of all time. I um, I hate the fact that he was both a WWE or slash WWF heavyweight champion and then also the ECW <laughs> heavyweight champion. So Vince McMahon, a two time world champion uh while Vince McMahon obviously is kind of the king of pro wrestling and the um you know uh one of the greatest he and and Vince is one of the greatest performers of of all time uh the man should never have been the world's champion
0: and you were in the ring with him as ECW heavyweight champion correct
1: I don't know was he the ECW champion at the time yes goodness i I recall
0: recall rj delouis calling it that way when he was in the (laughs) ring with you he's the cw champion
1: i don't know i never i never i've never seen the uh (laughs) the uh edited copy although i did recently receive it i just haven't watched it yet
0: oh it only
1: took a decade
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's uh excellent so uh yes good pick very good pick he uh Vince McMahon, he won the championship in '99. He also won a Royal Rumble. Let's just make get that out there too. Um, yeah, oof, Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's not a good look putting the championship on yourself as the uh, owner of the company, correct?
1: No, I think I think it's uh, especially if you're a non-wrestler. Um, I mean, I, I guess I guess we probably could argue that Vince Russo a little uh, <laughs> may have been a little worse of a. Uh, World champion, but uh, yeah, at least
0: Vince I don't know. Was, give it, give it, given Vince all the, the resources
1: over-heal. that Vince McMahon has, has had at his disposal, uh, excuse me, at his disposal, uh, for all these years and, and the, the depth of the roster at that time, there was absolutely no need. because uh, it wasn't even at the height of the, of the Austin McMahon feud, he was a baby face when he won the world championship. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah, is, it, was, it wasn't. Correct. It's not even the evil Mr. McMahon that you might think. It was a babyface Mr. McMahon who, if I remember correctly, was, like, defending the honor of his daughter.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah. So
1: even the circumstances are are horrible.
0: Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah, so good pick. Good pick. As for my pick, Kingpin, worst to ever hold a world title. Well, we talked about Vince Russo, so I'm going to swerve you, bro. Oh boy. My worst ever to hold a world championship. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Judy Bagwell. What? Judy Bagwell, <laughs> a former world tag team champion with Rick Steiner. Uh,
1: uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm allowing this. What you have a cop to out.
0: What are you talking about? Judy uh, Bagwell. This woman, she's a 50-year-old woman, no wrestling experience. She's wearing a, you know, a, a glittery sweater and she holds a WCW championship. In the record books, she is a world champion.
1: (laughs) Very loose. uh, You're you're very deceiving. You're the typical underhanded Mike Crockett. Uh, Here I am thinking we're talking about the top guy in the company. And uh, you you take this route.
0: Well, she's the top girl in Buff Bagwell's life. (laughs) Buff Bagwell's mom, Judy Bagwell. Yeah, Uh, that's... I had another sw- possible swerve too, which was Deborah as the as the women's champion, but I uh, went with Judy Bagwell.
1: Judy <laughs> Bagwell,
0: she is a world champion, world tag team champion. It's in the record books with Rick Steiner. You're right,
1: Mike. You're right. You cooked the books again.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think out there? Am I absolutely crazy for saying Judy Bagwell?
1: I should have I, I should have known when you when you brought up Russo before the end <laughs> that you were going to do something like this.
0: Let me let me know what you think, guys out there. Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. What is your worst wrestler to ever win a world championship? Let us know on Twitter. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Just find the post with this episode in it. Just comment right below there. Let us know what you think. Your worst pick or your best pick for the worst. World world champion of all time. And Brian, it is Merv Griffin time. Let's get right into it. Named for your favorite episode of our favorite show. Of course, we're doing voicemails over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in now. We will play it this coming Monday. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. But that's over on the NAI Wrestling Network here, the way to participate is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. And, of course, last week we talked the best, our favorite, actually, entrance themes in professional wrestling. And Randall Keo, our buddy at Randall Keo on Twitter, gave his top five, Kingpin. He said, number one, or actually, I'll start with number five. He says, The Miz. Number four, The Heart Foundation. Number three, Rick Rude's WCW theme, which is uh, a very rare WCW theme that is uh, actually not bad. I don't know if you remember He's that one. He's
1: simply ravishing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: It, was, it wasn't bad. It was uh, it wasn't the stripper music he used in WWF, obviously, but it was di- something different. And uh, yeah, I agree with Randall on that one. Number two, of course, he gave Demolition, which was uh one of your all-time favorites, Kingpin. And number one, the fabulous Rougeau Brothers, which we did not mention last I,
1: week. I, I am a fan of that
0: music. It's uh, They're all American boys. <laughs> Speaking of ones that we forgot to mention and uh, regretfully we neglected to mention... D.C. Matthews, our friend from D.C. and Doc Talk on the NAI Wrestling Network. He is at D.C. Matthews NAI. He says, it begins and ends with Gangrel. Yes, we screwed up. I'll admit it right here. We messed up.
1: Well, I mean, we weren't talking best. We were talking about our favorites. I That is one of my favorites. <laughs> well, you great, screwed up then.
0: Uh, okay, I'll say. I'll take it. I screwed up. That is a great, (laughs) great theme song. The Brood, Gangrel, tremendous, tremendous song. Uh, Heel Town. They have a podcast, the Heel Town podcast, at Heel Town underscore USA. He said, we had Austin, Triple H, and LOD as our top three uh, when they did it a few years ago. Uh, All great. Uh, Austin, obviously, a classic. Triple H, I almost prefer his um, My Time theme song.
1: I don't. I don't almost prefer it. I do prefer it. I enjoyed (laughs) it better, more than I enjoy the current version.
0: Yeah. um, And LOD is, you know, a classic theme. (laughs) Keep your finger off the switch, done. (laughs) (laughs) It's my time! (laughs) So, yeah, that was uh, all three good picks, but, you know, it's not we didn't pick the best we picked our favorites and some of them just eked above some others so, so we couldn't mention everything so uh those obviously what about, what are about
1: lod 2000
0: <laughs> oh i don't remember i don't remember that one
1: is it much <laughs> it's not different? Very good it's not very good no it's not worth mentioning <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh oh steven at hhh guy 2004 says there you have it A- at mike 504 saints suck it even the wcw guy crockett thinks dx's theme is better than the nwo hashtag <laughs> north wins again
1: <laughs> yeah, DX yeah you still, you, I, was, I was still surprised with your pick uh for dx being your favorite i loved it
0: loved it back in the day that was uh I, it was I was like I said I was scouring for it and when I first heard it it was the first time it was there it was in a video game so I recorded it off the TV I needed to have it uh, it was before it was on a CD or anything and you know you couldn't obviously download it uh, actually you could download like a short clip on AOL <laughs> and it was always terrible quality but yeah that's I needed that song because I loved it that much That was my number one yeah better than the NWO. What do you think about that, Mike Mills? What do you think about that? <laughs> another dumb mark at another dumb mark on Twitter says, "Did at Croc Sox really bust at Brian Malonus's chops for Savage's theme being pre-made after listening to Flares moments earlier?"
1: Oh yeah, I saw this, and then you and then you tried to backpedal and and find justification why one was okay and the other wasn't.
0: I mean, you don't hear Flair's theme song every weekend in May and June during...
1: But that wasn't your contention at the time. Your contention was that it's like, it's public domain. Blah, 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 blah. Like,
0: yeah. Flair, Flair's is... You don't hear Flair's song. Oh, uh, boy. I, I mean, I wasn't aware that it's public domain, apparently. I'm not I'm not, sh- I'm not sure 100%. I didn't look that up. I guess we'll go with another... Mark will uh, take his word for it. But... Yeah, savages. I mean, I understand you weren't saying. I mean, I went back and listened to it, Kingpin. You weren't saying that you love the theme as much as you love the entire pomp and circumstance of Randy Savage himself. So you yeah, kind of exactly. You took that, you took music, that into account. The music account.
1: added to it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm 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 a purist, Kingpin. I'm thinking of the theme and the theme only. And uh, yeah. for me, you think of Jim
1: Johnson. Johnston or whatever his name is. (laughs) For me,
0: Savage isn't at the top of the list. Um, So we'll just leave it there, Kingpin. Uh, Speaking of... I don't know. There's no segue for this. Jimmy Malonis. At double J underscore Malonis. He says, leaving out HBK. Add me to the heat list with both of you. (laughs) The Heartbreak Kid theme song. I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's not... I mean, it's not i don't know if it's cool for a fifty year old man to be strutting out too,
1: but <laughs> I mean, he's still the heartbreak kid isn't he uh-huh. I, I i like in the later years they they definitely transitioned away from the heartbreak kid to just h b k almost like triple h you know like yeah. they, like h b k doesn't stand for anything it's just like you know yeah yeah, um, or we didn't or they didn't talk about what h b k actually actually stood for
0: well, he stands for uh jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeff Masters at Jeff Masters on Twitter says, How can you leave out Real D- at, at real DDP for the best entrance music list, the WCW version? The WCW version? That was the uh, Nirvana ripoff, wasn't it? Yes, it Ding, was. Self high five. Um, yeah, not one of my favorites. No, not <laughs> mine either. But uh, we appreciate uh, your input there, Jeff. Thank you very much for checking in with us uh so
1: the one i did i of the one the ones I did regret though by not mentioning was n w o wolfpack mike
0: ah dun dun ch, dun dun
1: dun yeah that was a very good one. very good entrance theme
0: do you like how i'm I'm singing them myself in lieu of actually taking <laughs> having time to, put them in? to insert them <laughs> as I did last week, which took a very long time <laughs> to do uh <laughs> hope you guys don't mind if I just sing all the theme songs rather than take the time to download them all but <laughs> thank you very much uh King Ajar at King Ajar on Twitter says I hope this made the list. Akeem and Slicks theme. I know that's uh
1: I love Mark's Slick's favorite. Theme. Yeah, it's not one of my favorites, but I, I definitely did enjoy it. I enjoyed the video from the pile driver yeah uh, you know, video cassette that they put out.
0: Yeah, that's never gonna see the light of day again on anything w w e related
1: <laughs> I know I'm so disappointed that they won't put any of those old videos up on uh up on the network
0: yeah that one I don't think will make the uh, make the cut there, king Finn.
1: Uh, <laughs> we should have talked about girls in cars that would have been a good one to add
0: ah all right ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. yeah uh strike forces theme yeah. all, right, let's all you move.
1: girls have gone a bit too far huh? <laughs> oh my god i' I think I'm gonna start coming out to that.
0: You better. You better. Uh, Let's move away from this stuff, Kingpin. Let's talk about uh, John Morris, my best friend at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N. He was in attendance at Beyond Wrestling and checked in. He uh, was a reporter on the scene, said, looks like another Brian Fury comeback at Beyond Wrestling. Now he's doing commentary. (laughs) <laughs> and john also adds says that's six now six <laughs> he says i think all he has left is ring announcer timekeeper and wardrobe take to the back person <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think that position might have just opened up in chaotic so
0: <laughs> oh my goodness be on the
1: lookout be on the lookout for brian fury now taking <laughs> taking the wrestler's entrance attire to the back
0: <laughs> taking the gimmicks back uh yeah brian fury he is all over the place. Doing anything but retiring, it looks like. <laughs> we'll have to hear from him soon on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, All right. At GA WrestleNut, our buddy Glenn Abbott from the UK, he says, this past Monday's episode about SummerSlam 2003, a g- great retrospective look at what the dumpster fire was. Of what was the dumpster fire called SummerSlam 2003? Yeah, <laughs> I mean there was some good, there were some highlights, but uh, the lower, the lows were lower than the highs were high. Let's put it that way.
1: As yeah, I mean it's not not the most memorable of shows, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it it was not. Um, I mean there was Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, but. Uh was a little bit tainted like, by the interference of Vince McMahon.
1: Yeah, it was like middle of the middle of the card on that show and kind of lost in the shuffle with the Elimination Chamber, and yeah, it was just a man, a really weird show. <laughs> yeah, uh Indicative of the times, I think.
0: Yeah. Whole bunch going on at that time in uh, WWF. And Lance McMahon says Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro pointed out numerous times on Monday. Make sure you go check out our retro review of SummerSlam 2003 with Tarzan Taylor. Of course, Tarzan hates wrestling. A popular segment here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Uh, And let's go to, finally, David Raddy, of course. His question of the week. He says, this month of August marks my 13th year as a chaotic wrestling fan. Does it make you feel good when you see a bunch of familiar faces in the crowd still supporting your product for the last 10 plus years? Kingpin.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool to see that, uh, that we had, that, you know, Chaotic has had a dedicated fan base for, uh, for all those years. Uh, I mean, Dave's been around for 13 years and he's literally seen me go from, uh, you know, a 22 year old kid or so to being a 35 year old man. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously, it feels good anytime you can put something out there that that bring that brings the fans back again and again and again and again. So, uh, you know, thanks for all the support for all the all the years, Dave, and thanks for the support on this podcast. Keep asking us questions. I, uh, I I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, David. Uh, I'll echo what Kingpin said. Thanks for being a fan of chaotic wrestling, being a fan of New England wrestling, being a fan of this podcast. Very, very much appreciated, and I'll also say, like the Kingpin did, we can't wait to hear what you have for us next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Thanks to everyone who's a part of Bureau of Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. Okay, putting over podcasts, that is the Facebook group we started uh, to link up. Pro Wrestling Podcasters and Pro Wrestling Podcast fans. A great place, a great time. Uh, You can share ideas, you can network, you can share tips. It's all happening over there. Putting Over Podcasts is the name of the group on Facebook. Just look that up, put that in the search bar, join. We will add you and uh, join us over there. It's a great time over there. Putting Over Podcasts. Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Of course, uh, Mike Mills didn't mean to uh, give you a, a razzing this past Monday on at the NAI Wrestling Network. We, You know we love you. I love you anyway. I don't know about the kingpin.
1: Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. You, you and Mills' feud is, is reaching legendary status. Well, he
0: did say uh, Mike fucking Crockett this past <laughs> week when speaking to <laughs> Brian Fury. You can check out the interview that uh, Mike Mills had with Brian Fury where they talked a lot about the podcast here, where they talked about, you know, Brian's various tribulations. Uh, they didn't really talk about all of his comebacks to the ring. They talked about him leaving the ring, but well, not all of the. They didn't have that much out. time. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> they didn't have time to talk a little Game of Thrones, though. So, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you can listen in for that too. But that's on last Thursday's podcast. Uh, Game of what? What's that? Game of Thrones. Uh, you're not not aware? familiar, Mike. Not aware. Oh my goodness. I'm so, unaware. <laughs> uh, that was that was that's the Thursday podcast, the flagship show. They also do one on Sundays, which is reviewing Smoky Mountain wrestling. So they do two podcasts a week on that feed. Just look up "Booking the Territory" pro wrestling podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, and check in the boots with at referee Tony S with at Chip KCTB. They did a they did a show live from New York City where they uh, attended the Progress show, but. Uh, for some reason, the file corrupted so they couldn't upload it. So if you li- if you didn't hear it live, you didn't get to hear it. So make sure you check out Check in the Boots that they do live shows on Mixler now. M-I-X-L-R. Make sure you find them there and subscribe to them. And of course, you get their podcasts. And... Uh- anywhere podcasts are available and finally the rundown wrestling podcast so much going over on, over there on that feed the rundown sit downs they had part one with jason rumble very interesting conversation if you're into the new england wrestling scene as i am uh really should check that out plus they do their flagship shows on wednesday nights there is the nitro recaps the old NXT recap so much going on over there the rundown wrestling podcast they are at rundown wrestling on Twitter find them subscribe to them and you will enjoy the rundown wrestling podcast all right on this podcast right here we have made the effort to establish a very unique very exclusive hall of fame now in life as in wrestling the number one way to tell people they are to no good is through laughter I hearken back to the words of one Tarzan Taylor. All it takes is that one over exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So, Kingpin, with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothings, Heel Laugh, Hall of Fame.
1: This is
0: for you It's Chase. not here! It's not Warrior. it's not Savage, it's Mr. WWF himself, it's Ric Flair, and you know what, it's mine, all mine, this, this is, who's wearing it, hey, Ric Flair, guys, come on here, the the Bobby, the the oh, the we, don't want to, we don't want to be the kind of guys, guys to say, hey, we, we. Told so. <laughs> ah. we told you so, we told you so, Big hey, glass. there thing. you go, go It's time I got to smell the roses. Almost like the smell of victory. Razor! Razor! Ah. Come on, Razor. How about a shot?
1: All yeah. right. Have it a little bit. This one's for you, Razor. Come on. Hey, Mr. I'm B. It was more. Hey, go. What do you think? It looked good on you. I know that. It looked
0: good on you. All right. Too bad about Randy Savage, man. Like the end there. Here's to the champ. May he live forever. Of course, uh Rick Flair in a very tough place right now. Uh, just reported tonight. We're recording on Wednesday night. He's in critical condition still. Uh, multiple organs, issues with them. Uh, of course, uh, definitely not out of the woods. And I don't know. Um, but I thought it was uh, appropriate to have Ric Flair along with Bobby Heenan, Mr. Perfect. He'll laugh Hall
1: of Famers. Wow. All three together, huh? Yes. They're one big happy laughing family. <laughs> yeah, I think it's appropriate, uh, especially what's going on with, with Ric Flair. Uh, boy, I hope, hope, hope he pulls through. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready for a world without uh, the nature boy in it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, tough going, tough going. And hopefully we'll get some better news as we go along here. I mean, still in critical uh, that-
1: condition. I'll tell you what, 68 is too young to pass away, but man, has that guy crammed a lot of living into 68 years?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Ric Flair, we're we'll, uh, we're thinking. we pulling about, for you.
1: Yeah, Ric definitely, Flair. definitely,
0: definitely, definitely. Uh, to check out Ric Flair, this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, you can find the link to this video in the description of this episode, or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDA now, Brian, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling gimmick one more time. Where are you heading? I think you just added something this weekend. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> I did. But Friday night, Mike, first, I'll be heading to Hanover, Massachusetts, Starland Family Sports and Fun Center. I'll be in the main event, of course, with my longtime rivals, the Logan brothers, teaming uh with them to face... Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, Elia the Great, a friend of the podcast, Warbeard Hansen, and the one Rockabilly, badass Billy Gunn. That's right. Six-man tag team action. Uh Carlito also on the card. Uh big event. Go to chaoticwrestling.com for ticket information. And right, you're right, Mike. Just added. Saturday night, I'll be heading to Carver, Massachusetts, the Rochester Country Fair. Uh, Top Rope Promotions, I'll be in attendance. Not sure what I'm doing yet, but was just added today. Uh, Check out Top Rope Promotions on all social media platforms for ticket information. uh, BrownPaperTickets.com to actually purchase tickets.
0: And if you want to add Kingpin last minute to your professional wrestling show, email (laughs) Brian Malonis at Comcast.net, or you can DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis.com. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, with Chad Alden and Paul St. Eamon Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk. That is, of course, BDARadio.com. All right, we'll be back next Monday with episode 70 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Then catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. Until then, here's the kinkpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing.